be somebody who is known for getting things done no matter what it is. Make your reputation and your self-image of yourself that when you show up, you excel at whatever task you accept. The business outlaws. You know that we win. You know that we win. We fight for the cause. We fight for the cause. A circle of winners. A circle of winners. We're business outlaws. We're business outlaws. You know that we win and we fight for the cause. A circle of winners. We're business outlaws. We're business outlaws. Welcome to Business Outlaws. Here we make you a fly on the wall with some of the most influential entrepreneurs on the planet. Speaking of, we have humble billionaire, Big Mike. Big Mike is the founder and CEO of Advanced Nutrients, the number one selling cannabis nutrient brand with over 100 million in annual sales and a global footprint with over 100 countries. Correct. And he's handsome. And he's drop-dead gorgeous. Our, our latest country we just picked up is Jamaica. 101 countries. Yeah. This And well, it's taken that long for Jamaica? Oh, yeah. I would have figured Jamaica yeah. would have but been they were, they, were one of, they were one of the first in the Caribbean to actually uh, come on board for uh, medical marijuana. There's a big, big uh, conference coming up there next month. Nice. I will also ride that uh, private jet and, uh, with you guys to Jamaica. Just a, invite me, please. I'll be speaking there. <laughs> and Chris Collins... The only guy that I was scared of, but then when he smiled, I was like, you're a little bulldog. He is the business whisperer and founder of a secret entrepreneurial society, Syndicate X. Hey, Chris. Hey. And then how should we introduce Jamie? Oh, boy. The original female outlaw? The only female outlaw? Oh. I mean, the only, duh. <laughs> Come on. The only female outlaw from Dallas, Texas? Maybe, yeah. From this Texas? <laughs> She lives in California. Wow, wow, yeah. It was funny. See, did you follow her stories when she was in Dallas? I did indeed. <laughs> it's funny. Help. What was funny? I don't know. It makes me see you from a different perspective because Dallas, I just, I don't know. I never see you as being Texas. Well, because Dallas is a big city. People are always like, oh, you don't have an accent. I'm like, I went to private school and I was raised in Dallas, which is a big city like Chicago, LA, New York. You're the Dallas debutante. Ooh, Ooh, I like go. that. You do, I'm sure. And you guys trust me with a lot of personal things. So that's that's true. That's very. Secrets. I mean, I am just proud of that to begin with. If you guys tell me some stuff, around thank like, God you signed that NDA. <laughs> Are NDAs enforceable anymore? I don't even Why know if not? I signed one. Sick. That's also my new thing too. Sick. And you gotta like hang loose with your hand. I tried to get Mike to do it, and he just did the "I love you" <laughs> sign language. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, today, we are talking about making your side hustle a reality. What yes. exactly does that mean to both of you? Well, I have a lot of different businesses before I actually decided that cannabis was going to be my business. I had a lawn care company called Turf Pro. Uh, I had some silk plant stores, a, chain, a small little chain. I had three of them called Silk Plant Imports. I had another business called Hurricane Shirts. I made these big machines that would put ink on them. And you'd spin them in this machine. And, like tie-dye? I, yeah. <laughs> like well, like, you, well, you could do it. We had tie-dye shirts, and you put this ink on there, and you make these cool patterns. Yeah. It was a fad. That's fun. It's still Cereal. a fad in Venice Beach, I feel like. And, and, and then I had a, a tan spa as well, and I had a distributorship where I sold the tanning beds. And then at the time all that is going on, my side hustle was really growing cannabis. And I got really good at growing cannabis and decided to make that my full-time occupation. And I, there's a roadmap to how you do that, right? Yeah. It's not so. I have a book the, coming out called The, the uh, Marijuana Millionaire. 
and the no, show. Fuck. It's a book. Is what marijuana dime. Uh, marijuana dimes. The, the TV show is Marijuana Millionaire. That's correct. Which she I didn't get to host. It's fine. Everything's show. fine. She's it's not fine. bitter. I'm not. So that that's the question we get a lot on social media is that you know I'm working a job and I have a side hustle and how you know how do I balance the two and so there there yeah, yeah. it's not a direct line but I think Mike and I can provide you with some insights and some strategy on how you can navigate that or how we did and the lessons you can learn sure. from that sounds like fun you also had some side hustles I had a flower shop I was a lot attendant I worked at an RV place. I sold jewelry. Like what kind of jewelry? Like you'd open up the jacket and you're like, buy a yeah, Rolex. Yeah, exactly. Really? It was like a little briefcase, but yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Um, watches and necklaces, things like that. Yeah, but I, I think anybody who's entrepreneurial, when you're trying to figure it out in the beginning, you try a lot of things. I think you try things for money more than anything. Mm-hmm. You do. you're trying to fund your other thing. Correct. And so you'll have one thing that you think is going to be your career and then the other things that you try to do to fund it. And that's kind of the balance that's hard to, hard to achieve. Well, you guys have achieved that obviously. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what I want to know. That's what the listeners want to know. How do you step out of that side hustle and make it your main hustle? Well, while you're in any business or working for someone else, you should pay attention to how that business runs and how that person handles all the day-to-day things. Uh, if you're in a bigger company or even a medium-sized company, small company, you should learn what every department does and, and as much about that business as you can, even if you're, it's not your thing, because business is business. And then when you do get your thing and you find out what it is, you have all this great information. In other words, be present and actually pay attention to business if you want to be a business person. And of course, study your ass off. Do you guys think that both of your side hustles you chose on purpose? For a greater goal, or you guys just picked whatever was in front of you? When, when I originally I got into cannabis, I picked because I wanted to make extra money. Uh, the guys that showed me the, their, their setup were, would tease the shit out of me. They'd go, wow, this room here, we can make half a million dollars. This room here, we can make a million. This room here, we can do 200. I go, what the hell are you guys talking about? And it, it sounds illegal. They go, oh, it is. And... Uh, Long story short, they took me down one day and showed me their basement, and uh, I knew how to do it better than they did. And so that's how it all started. And I just slowly got into it. Do you, do you think in the beginning, Michael, your drive was to make money, or was it to be free and not have anybody well, tell you what to do and not have a job? Oh, what was your biggest motivator? Like all of that. All, all of that. Like in the beginning, I, I got into cannabis because – of the amount of money that you could make. And then I, I fell in love with, with the plant and that's a whole nother story. that's led me to here. Um, Daddy's having a moment. Well, yeah, it, 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 it most people she are going to do daddy. <laughs> He's got whole, a thing about that. I got a whole fucking thing about that. I'm daddy not allowing anymore. anybody to call me daddy anymore since Mike's thing about that. Yeah. Oh no. Can I call you zaddy? No. A, no? Too cheeky poppy. Michael and call me Michael. I call you Michael. <laughs> All, All right. right. <laughs> I got one daddy in this show. <laughs> we talked about and, and we, we, we had a, this is a, this is a, I've hey, been telling that you, is another that is another Did you tell Matt our trainer about that? No. Oh, I told him to ask you. Oh, did you? Because he likes girls calling him daddy, and I said, Oh, oh mask Mike, Mike oh, about well, that. Oh. Yeah. I don't do it in sexual. You didn't go down that rabbit hole here. What? You didn't tell him? Oh no, but I will. Uh, he didn't uh, we ask talk about you, all obviously. kinds of other things. 
Oh okay, so the question was, yeah, how do you? So let me let me. I'll tell you mine, and then maybe it, it will help you with yours. But for me, it was making money. Like all I wanted to do was not be poor. And then on that journey, it starts to change because then when you start to make money, you yes. kind of figure that money isn't isn't everything. Like you make a lot of sacrifices in your quest for money that make you realize that money is just a tool and it's a bigger part but power freedom all of those things become bigger motivators and i so i think i started out money was my motivator and then freedom became my motivator yeah so exactly the same path i took so it was making money and then when i started making money and i did really well in cannabis what i really liked about that business is i i felt like i was part of the world but not of the world. I was not bound by the same rules that everyday people were because I didn't have to report to the same people. I was my own boss, uh, wasn't paying taxes at the time. I do now, believe me, I pay my ass off. It was a good deal for, for the, uh, the tax people in the long run. Um, but uh, yeah. So freedom was more important in the beginning. No, money was. Money was. And then when I realized what money did and the freedom that it created and, and the situation I was in, I just really, really liked it. And then I ended up making so much money in just regular business that it has the same effect. I think more living your full life and having an impact is your goal now, right? Oh, 100%. Money's the catalyst to that. M money's a catalyst to a lot of things that I want to do in the future. And none of them have to do about making money. Yeah. But helping. But you have to have money to do it. Yeah. Oh, you do. Somebody's got to fund it. And but I'm it isn't any different than when we were kids so, and we had so, the side okay. hustle, right? So, yeah. But going back to your own business. And one of the, the, the things is that, you know, I get to decide what I want to do. No one, no one gets to really tell me what, what to do. And I can decide I want to do this or I want to do that. And it's a really great feeling to have that. Feeling. But you do get trapped by those decisions of what you want to do. So once you decide you want to do something, you get obsessed like I do, and then you're trapped by it. Because well, you tell, have a tell, lot tell, of meetings yeah, sure. during the day, and you're I, I, working really hard. Right, until I master and you're it. you're not free I'm, oh, I'm 100%. But, yeah. well, right? Like, I can't I think be. That no, here's the thing. Think if that, I don't want to take a meeting, and I decide absolutely I want to go for a walk, and I don't want to have a meeting, guess what? I can go for a walk. And I've done that before. I've canceled it's meetings. Rare. It's rare. It's rare. But yeah, sure. Because you want that other thing more that the meeting Whatever. feeds. Yeah. And there's a lot of little things that feed that bigger thing that you have to do, which is meetings and showing up yeah. to stuff and all that, right? Mm -hmm. And so, I, but I, it really, if you make the connection, is any different than when we were kids and we had to have a side job and we had to do three different things. It's still, you to do the bigger thing, you had to do all the little things, right? Oh, yeah. So I think the thing where entrepreneurs get mixed up in the kind of the spirit of the question that we get on this is the mistake that people make is that they don't pay attention to the job they're doing, the side hustle, and all of it is school. All of it is an opportunity for you to learn and, and get better at things. And so in my situation, I started off as a lot attendant to buy drumsticks because I was positive that being a rock star was going to be my catalyst to fame and fortune. And I was positive that I was going to be, a, you know, I visualized I was going to be this drummer. I was going to play Lee. for Pearl Jam or somebody. The next Nirvana. Yeah, I was yeah. going to be a famous 
rich drummer, like all the, you know, a lot of the guys in Seattle, it was happening to when I was growing up and I get a job as a lot attendant, but I don't know. I was just raised that when you have a job, you show up early, you work harder. And I, I didn't mail it in. I worked really hard and in not very much time I was running the lot attendance. And then I moved up in this company and all of a sudden I'm, you know, I'm a service advisor writing up customers and helping customers. And I'm making 50, 60 grand a year as a 19 year old that bought a lot of drumsticks. It bought our band, you know, our band. Now we could go in a van. We could show up with, you know, an entourage, like it afforded a lot of different things, but I didn't mail in the second job that I thought was temporary for the longest time. I thought that job was a catalyst to the music, but one day, this consulting company came into that business and I very quickly became the top service advisor there. So I sold the most and I had the best customer satisfaction numbers the whole time with long hair and a ponytail thinking this was a temporary thing. I dyed my hair blue. Like, you know, I was, I was 19, 20 and they come in and they say, Hey, Chris, like you're a young kid and you're outperforming all these 50 year olds that have been doing this their whole life. And could you come teach some other advisors in another dealership what you're doing and what's different? And so I had a couple of weeks to do it. Now, because I had done the flyers for our band, so back then in Seattle, you would flyer all the time and you didn't have computers. So you would cut and paste and they look more like ransom notes than they did flyers. But because I had done that, I knew how to make workbooks at Kinko's. And so I made a workbook. I started paying attention. Why am I selling when the people next to me aren't? And I went and I presented this little workshop. I actually showed up and I had workbooks and the, the consultant guy said, oh, I just wanted you to talk to him for 10 minutes. And I said, well, I've got workbooks. I'm ready to put on a presentation. And I did and their numbers went up. And so now I'm in front of a room of peers that are advisors. I'm teaching them how they can sell more, how they can connect with customers. And I'm performing. And it was very similar to performing when I was playing drums. And so... Um, and I think you kind of have a similar story, Mike, too, is that it's not so much that you're going to have the path be very obvious for you. What it is, is that you take every opportunity that you have and squeeze it for all the information, push your push yourself and work as hard as you can every time an opportunity comes up and analyze what you're learning, analyze what you can take away from it instead of disposing of it like a disposable path to the next thing. And that's the key to really growing yourself as an entrepreneur and having this toolbox that makes you successful instead of being very thin and one-sided, right? Oh, yeah. And education has to do that. So not only are you getting an education if you want from the business that you're working in, then you should also study as well. You're going to have to. And so that's, you know, I started then consulting for dealerships, fixing businesses, mm-hmm. and and my early twenties gave up music altogether because I was making so much money doing the other thing. So what was the thing that, 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 that switched that said, that's it. I'm going to go from, from, you know, making music to being in this business. What was that, that moment? Um, I remember it very well as you're, you're in front of like eight people and you do a workshop for two hours and they come up to you after and they're like, Holy cow, nobody's ever taught me this you're changing my life. And then they follow up with you and they write you letters. And they're like, that stuff you taught me made me a better husband. It made me a better, and it was way more rewarding than playing drums on stage, teaching somebody how to make more money, helping them with their business 
was like being on stage, but it was you were actually making more of a difference than than music was. And yeah, I mean, I don't know. It it fed me more than the other thing did. And the other thing was with bands, I had to depend on other people to show up. And with this, it was me. So the harder I worked and the more people I touched, and the more I influenced, the more I got back. With a band, you have to get people to show up. You have to, you're hurting a band to get them to have the same vision. And I didn't have the leadership skills back then to get my band to do that. I think I could go back now and get my band to follow me and do it. But then I didn't have the skills. I had the same story when I, I had the similar, I was at the, had the silk plant stores. I had, I had, I had three of those, uh, Silk plant stores. But here's what happened. What I realized is hour for hour, I didn't like, I was running around between all three stores just busting my ass and just working these crazy long hours. And I was making more money on the side growing cannabis. And I thought to myself, man, you know what? And I had a partner and I said, you know what? This business here I can do by myself and no one else is involved. And I make a hell of a lot more money. And that's when it, that's when that switched through for me. It was at, when I closed Silk Plant in, Imports, boom, I really hit that hard cannabis really, really hard. It made it a full-time occupation that, that led me down a, a crazy convoluted path that literally I went through the meat grinder, came out whole, and here I am. What, what were you thinking when you were working for a landscape landscaping company that young like what were your fears and what like what was your mindset okay so i was 19 years old and i wasn't working i owned it i started it well first i I worked for a company called excel lawn and i saw what they were doing and i said i can do what they're doing and so i started my own my own company and that was it that's how it started and did you think that you could grow that to something at that time where it was huge yeah i did i i didn't know how how big it was going to get my goal is just to you know get two trucks and then get three trucks and 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 grow the business that way so do you so i think the commonality between the process or the way of thinking that we have and people that don't succeed is they don't pay attention to everything and they they say well my market's different well i'm in music so this doesn't apply when the truth is, is if you're a student of business and life, everything applies. Relationships, leaders, pricing strategies, the psychology, all of it in every industry, good or bad, you can learn something, but it all applies. It does. And that's why you have to be, pay attention, be present. Don't look at your, and when you look at your job, look at it as an opportunity to learn. I mean, if, if you want to go into business for yourself and you want to be an entrepreneur, then you have to think like that. You have to be a lifelong learner. You have to. And look at every what they're doing and pay attention. And the other side Your of that... Your path will be a lot easier. A lot easier. I didn't pay so much attention, I sh- and I should have. It's a lesson learned. The other side of that, that is yeah. be somebody who is known for getting things done no matter what it is. Make your reputation and your self-image of yourself that when you show up, you excel at whatever task you accept. So if you're going to be a landscaper, if you're going to be a bank teller, whatever it is, you're going to be amazing at that in the moment because you're learning about yourself. It isn't about everybody else. You're learning about what your capacity is for performance in every situation that you put yourself, and that's where you grow. Instead of mailing it in and turning it on and turning it off and paying attention sometimes and not paying attention, 
every time you you show up and you have an opportunity to learn or make money or get better, be your best. Because how you do anything is how you'll do everything. And it will transcend through the rest of your life. Don't mail it in at any point. I love that quote. You said that sure. earlier today. How you do anything is how you do everything. I love yeah, that. That's a great one. No, it's I true. think that that's the mistake that I that I see in in younger kids that ask this advice is they're a bank teller and they think that that's a dead end thing, but it isn't about being a bank teller. It's about how you approach things. It's about what you take away. It's about what you're capable of. And are you capable of being a leader when you don't have a leadership role? Mm -hmm. Like, are you capable of performing at a higher level when it's not expected of you? Cause trust me, when you're in business for yourself and it's just you and you're all alone, that's, that's when you're going to pull those out of the toolboxes. I've already seen this. I've already pushed myself and I know what I'm capable of. I know my weaknesses. I know my strengths. I know my magic. You get to learn your own personal magic when you push yourself in every situation. Otherwise you're going to go into situations and you don't know what you're capable of. Be curious, ask a lot of questions as well and, and put your ego at the door and just give yourself to the person and go, Hey, tell me how you did this. People like to share information. You ask intelligent, well-formed questions, be amazed at what will come back. Do you want me to order you a drink, Jimmy? Because you're looking at my... Thank you, Cody, by the way. The only podcast with That's a bud right. tender and a bartender. And, and Screwy Louie's the bud tender. How did he do for you? Well, he did really good. I mean, it's uh, we got some Jack in there. and uh, he, uh, It's called Jack? Jack Herrera. <laughs> he wrote a book, The Emperor Wears No Clothes, how cannabis is 10,000 different products. He's since passed away. Huh. He used to have a little, little card table he'd set up on Venice Beach and preach to the world every single day. And they named a stream after him. And he had a lot to do with why cannabis is uh, the way we have medical marijuana today. To Jack. It was him. To Jack. Cheers. Absolutely Cheers. to Jack. And to Screwy yep. Louie mm. for getting the Jack. So making a side hustle reality, do you guys want to hear a sweet story about my family? Sure. Yeah. Well, story time. Is it with is, Jamie Foxx? How, how does it involve the Dallas Cowboys? It? it does not involve the Dallas Cowboys. What'd you say? Oh, I forgot. Well, oh, Jesus. Um, so my <laughs> grandfather, my dad's dad, was uh, in the farming agriculture agricultural business. business. Not very wealthy at all. Mm -hmm. My dad's side of the family. Should have grew, grew weed. What's growing the wrong crop? In 1940, of course, maybe. Or, um, or whatever the world it was. All right. So I'll give you guys a cliff note version because it kind of get kind of lengthy. But my grandmother came from a very wealthy family. Mm -hmm. They met, fell in love. Her parents said to him, you cannot date our daughter until you can financially take care of her. Romeo and my grandfather was like, I fucking got this. So he worked all these extra jobs. And one of them was selling life insurance door to door. And finally, my grandfather was like, I could do this for myself. Like, I'm working for someone else, but I could do this for, like, I understand life insurance. I could write these policies. I could be doing this. I could be the one that's hiring people to sell it door to door. So he did that. Instead of funding dates and showing her family, oh, look, I made X amount of dollars. I can pay for her to have this kind of lifestyle. He took that money invested it in a company, created this company's life insurance company, then came to her family and was like, hey, this is the company I'm running now and I'm doing this and I'm starting from the ground up, blah, blah. And now my dad runs it and it's still around and it's life cool. insurance. And yeah, my mom worked there. I've worked there. So 
I love that. He took so his side is hustle. It, is this your side hustle then? You're going to get an insurance business? No. What? no. My dad's very depressed about it. He's like, oh, you know, that's why I was in um, Wisconsin was they do a, an annual board meeting. Ah. The board directors, they go somewhere new every year. And so for like a week, I call it a dad-daughter trip. My dad never remarried. So then I go and we just have like a dad-daughter trip. So that's why you're like, oh, you spend so much time with your dad lately. Yeah. And then I flew to Dallas and everything. But yeah, and I love that story because and that's kind of the foundation of how I tried to perceive myself with my career or anything that I put my investments into. It's like, I could be doing that, but maybe I could change my perspective and be doing it a different way like my grandfather did. But he did it for love initially. He still won. I mean, he got to marry my grandmother. They were married till they, he, they both passed away. Wow. But he also created this company. So he was like two birds, one stone, basically. Uh, you guys all had a bunch of side hustles. Did you guys ever feel trapped? Whether it's tanning, drumming, you own a car dealership. Like, there's other things. Like, have you guys ever felt trapped? Like, oh fuck, there's no left or right turn. It's just a dead end. The, the only time I ever felt trapped when I was growing weed, I had a crazy bitch girlfriend <laughs> who every time I tried what was to her leave, name? Bitch. I'm not, yeah. <laughs> that every time I tried to leave. Uh, she goes, you go, she'd tell me to get the fuck out. I'm like, yeah, get the hell out of this relationship. Go to the front door. Swear to God, every time. If you fucking go out that front door, I'm calling the police and I'm telling them you're a weed grower. It's like, oh man. I finally got out of that relationship. I escaped. I literally escaped. I had to make a did whole she, new ID. Did she disappeared. Whole new car ID, everything. Yeah. Did you show up to someone's no, door she with thought a she shovel? Could, no, she, no. Show up she, to she thought she could follow me, but, and, 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 I, and I kind of chuckle. I go, fuck, I, the, you know, like the DEA and Marshals can't, the U.S. Marshals can't get me you sure as hell aren't going to get me and that was it, it was the last time i saw her jamie. last time anyone saw her <laughs> jamie no, you no, bury? She's still alive. i'm sure she's still alive and happy jamie can we maybe. find her facebook how, how no, would we locate her it <laughs> what were you saying how long jamie did you, i, I don't did, even want to talk to her how long did you endure that fuck too long that's a good question <laughs> seemed like for, for goddamn eternity uh it was probably about, and they're still married i no, probably <laughs> put up with that nonsense for about as long as it took yeah, about nine months, probably, because I had to, I had to, yeah, I had to get my shit in order to break that clean. So there's probably a lot of Uber drivers or Lyft drivers that feel the same way, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. That their side hustle is every time they get to the front door, they're like, hey, "I'm going to turn you in, and you're going to go broke." Well, there you go. So if you're going to be in business and you want to go in business for yourself, if you're a guy, watch your spending. That means yeah. women. Don't be going out partying late at night. Don't be doing this. That's time that, or, or I call it the idiot box, watching that. If you're going to do that, watch something educational, learn. You really have to be focused and, you know, spend below what you make and save because you're going to need that money to start that business. And if that business grows faster, you're going to need a lot of money. Yeah. So whenever somebody has three jobs and like, oh, I'm hustling, I have three jobs, you have to question yourself because most of the time your motivation is status and you want a better apartment you want to wear gucci shoes and it's not to push your business forward and so if you want to start a business and you want to be successful in business your business has to be the focus and you have to be okay with sleeping on a couch oh, yeah. i've slept in a car before i've slept on my manager's floor in her office before and the money i was making was to push the business forward it wasn't to dress nicer, have a better apartment or a better car and don't mix ego and status with being a good entrepreneur. And so don't kill yourself working three jobs to have a higher status, kill yourself to learn and be a better entrepreneur. Here's the thing. You're going to have to sacrifice, whether it's your time or, or, or money or, or 
dates, you know, going out with the guys and, and, and drinking or, or whatever it is, you're going to have to make sacrifices. I, at one time, was on food stamps. I had all my life possessions in one shitty place and five garbage bags, no furniture. And that was a sacrifice I had to make. And you're going to have to do that. Be prepared. There is no easy button to this. And if you want it, it's there. There's enough information now. When I did it, there's no internet. There wasn't anything. Now with the internet, there's no excuse why you can't learn what you need to, to learn to move yourself ahead. And if you don't, your problem is, is staring your, uh, right back at you when you look in the mirror. Yeah. Let me Stop you. trying to keep up with the Joneses and, right. and learn a strategy to create a product that people give you money for. I remember I was running a house from a guy and he had, he was, he was a wealthy guy. And I go like, how'd you get all these houses and how'd you do all this stuff? He goes, I'm going to tell you one secret and it's really hard to do, but if you do this, you'll be successful. I go, what? He goes, live below your means. I go, oh, I do. He goes, no, like you're really, it's tough for people to do. And it is because they're status driven. Exactly what you said. And I think people get caught up in that in social media today that they're trying to post this life that isn't really theirs Mm -hmm. instead of working on their tools and on what would make them a great leader and entrepreneur. And so you're going to have to miss the trip to Vegas. You're going to have to miss the extra car when your friends are doing it. (laughs) But in the end, you'll come out ahead. It doesn't take it takes five or six years of that discipline and you start coming out ahead. It doesn't take that long. Well, no. let me ask this. I feel I, a, I agree with what you guys are saying, but don't you feel that sometimes rewarding yourself can also make you feel powerful? That, that's different. I mean, reward yourself with what? You're going to go out and buy a brand new car or you're going to go to a nice dinner with your girlfriend or your wife? Maybe it's Gucci shoes. Like you brought up, maybe. you know, don't buy this, don't buy Gucci shoes. But maybe that person buys those Gucci shoes as a reward of themselves. Like I worked hard, I made X amount of dollars, I'm going to splurge and buy myself something to feel good. You, you definitely but should then, reward yourself, yes. But then when you walk in that room or you walk into whatever job you're doing or wherever, you feel a little bit more like your chest Correct. is a little bit more puffed out. Won't that help you in business? Won't that make you more successful or make you feel a little bit more driven or powerful? Because feeling powerful, you can accomplish anything. Whether you're working at McDonald's or you're the president of the United States, power is the most powerful well, that's feeling. Co- it's confidence. Right. You have to have confidence in yourself. But those two are kind of can be you brother can and sister. You have confidence without Gucci show, but, shoes. You so, can, but don't you think sometimes you sure. get that and you're like, I feel a little bit better about myself and I feel a little bit you know, bigger, and maybe you can use that as a, not everybody uses that as a driver in the car, but some people are like, yes, they do. oh, I want more of this feeling. I want to treat myself more. I want to work harder for X amount of whatever. I, I would say, like, that in my experience, and I'd be curious, Mike, y- yours on this, because we've done the thing where we buy the big suits and we feel mm-hmm. it gives us confidence, but I yep. think if you're talking about coming up, and this is about, like, you have we're directing this at somebody who wants to be an entrepreneur, but has a job and, and they're fighting being trapped in a job for the rest of their life or being free and owning their own destiny. Live below your means and sacrifice. Yeah. That's to the only thing be you can do. free. You have to sacrifice. Yes. And so I would say that buying the suit or the Gucci, you would be better joining a mastermind yes. or buying a product that's going to teach you how you can buy 10 suits. Before I right. spent my money on all kinds of crazy shit that I have now, I spent it on education first, and yeah. I didn't take a huge salary, and most of everything that I had went into learning things and buying programs and attending seminars. And so for years, my I had a very low salary, very, very, very low salary, but 
I never scrimped on spending for education. Never. I I heard this Jordan Peterson analogy where he's breaking down the Bible the other day, and he was talking about how he said, don't discount the old stories about sacrifice and how like somebody would sacrifice their only begotten son in the Bible, mm-hmm. or they would sacrifice their best cow or their best goat. And he says, it's, that sounds funny, but really they were smart because what that analogy is telling you is that you have to sacrifice the thing you love most to get what you want. And every one of those scenarios, when they would sacrifice, they would get rich or they would have abundance. And so are you willing as an entrepreneur to sacrifice the part of you that you love most? And so if the part of you that you love most is walking around in Gucci shoes, I think you can figure that out on your own, that that isn't going to get you. You're not going to walk into a room and people are going to go, Oh, you got Gucci shoes on. Let me give you a million dollars. Now Gucci shoes could be part of a, of a bigger plan and a psychology and you framing yourself as a certain thing. But in context of this conversation, you, you have to sacrifice the thing that you love most to really get to where you want to go and saying no to yourself. And I've many times made myself not have things, made myself live in a place that I hated, made myself like tortured myself that I don't go on a vacation or I don't go somewhere with my friends to punish myself for the lack of performing and being aggressive enough. And it works like it sticks. It trains your subconscious that this is serious. You can't go out this, you know, half in half out. You have to be obsessed and you have to be willing to give something to get something and give that thing that you love most about yourself is the quickest way to success or not be afraid to lose it. In my case, it was freedom. I loved it. However, I knew that I could lose it and I was willing to risk it in the beginning for what I needed. Oh man, I never, I never thought of that, but that's true. Like you really danced that line for years. Oh yeah. 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 There's nothing to keep you on your toes more than that. No shit. Like you can't paid attention to everything. I know because my freedom, my freedom was at stake every moment of every day. Yeah. I, I, think I, couldn't, about, I couldn't be right 99% of the time. I had to be right 100% of the time. That's so fucking hard to do. I think about so that with, with you, and I think about that with Jocko and you know his book talking about if they make a mistake, they die. And it was, it was the same for you. Like There was no chance. I mean, the mindset and the level of execution. And I mean, a lot of these debates that we have and that kids ask questions about weren't even an option for you. Correct. Like it wasn't even an option. Like you're not going to trade Gucci shoes for freedom. Nope. Right. You're not going to take that shortcut. Right. Like t- talk so, about so what, how- did I, what did I do instead? Well, I hired the best people in the world that I could find to train me for the skill sets that I needed. I was spending a lot of money on my education just so I can mitigate risk and keep my freedom. Like think about this, everybody, for a second. You and I don't know, Mike, you have to help me here, but like you have a huge harvest and you got what a million dollars in cash and you can't go spend it or do anything because you're invisible and you're trying to stay under the radar. So the more you succeed at growing and the more money you get, the more you can't do anything. Right. Uh, You know, eh, yes and no. I mean, a lot of the time when I grew, when I was doing it where cash was more readily acceptable as it is than it is today. 
So I was able to go out and and do some stuff. Yeah. But you're well, not jumping on a private no, jet and no, like no, I couldn't. Right, I, that's no, what no, I'm no, saying. No, 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 no. There's a, there's some things that I wanted abundance. to do that I I couldn't do because it would raise too many people. Like, what the hell is that young guy doing all that? Right, right. And yeah. So you're, I mean, there's there's sacrifices. And so I don't know. I think that you have to accept that there's going to be sacrifices and the sooner you get used to that and stop having expectations and being entitled, the quicker you'll be successful. Oh, yeah. Being humble. But here's the talk about this entitlement stuff. Like a lot of young folks today, folks. They, they feel they feel like, <laughs> like they're entitled to some shit, that their life owes them something. Their parents owe them something. I got news for you. They owe you absolutely nothing. Life doesn't care about you. If you don't do anything, then you will suffer the consequences and life will end your life very, very quickly because it, it, you're not a productive person. It's not per- life, person. it's time. It is. Time yeah. is the most valuable thing that you can give to someone and yourself because I can't get five minutes ago back. I, can't, I can only have five minutes from now and that, however I shape that or whatever I do with that time is... That's it. You can't get it back. So time is the one valuable gift. So time is the biggest giver and taker, right? It is. However you spend it is how things yeah. turn out. I do want to ask one more question while we're talking about the uh, side hustle a reality. How do you, like say if someone is an Uber driver or they're delivering pizza or whatever it is, how do they break free of that? How do they like not make themselves a slave to that and get so stuck in that cycle? Like when I go home to Texas, I see the same people doing the same shit and they're unhappy. They're just like coasting, just an autopilot. I'm like that they've gotten, they became a slave. Sometimes, so, you, sometimes you have to do the things that you have to do to get to the things that you want to do. Mm-hmm. And that means taking on some shitty jobs. I mean, I worked on a pig farm. Like, you know, really? Was, yeah. What did you do? Like oh, ride pigs? Like, or? Oh, listen, I did everything. I went into the, like, where the mothers were having, like, sows were with their babies, and I had this little thing, and the, the sows always try to attack you, and I had to fear them off. What's a sow? Like a female pig who got babies. <laughs> and I'd clean out all the shit and stuff, and, and, and did yeah, then I did that, them? and then I'd just go feed them, and, you know, then we'd, you know, take them to market and all this kind of stuff. And the, uh, farmers always tons of work to do. So, yeah, it was fun. Big Mike the pig farmer. Yeah, sure. I love you know, slapping hogs. I would bet money that if you, if Mike and I had to go deliver pizza or work at a pizza hut, it wouldn't be too long before we'd be the manager of that pizza hut and then we'd be the regional manager. And so I would just say, like, if you're going to go and do pizza, work really hard and become the manager and move up while you're there because you'll make more money and it'll feed your other thing. And live below your means, save your money, study yeah. hard, and then execute. By the way, like, if you're not successful the first time out, I had businesses that fail. I went bankrupt twice. You know, success is the progressive realization of a worthy goal. So if you get back up and you keep moving towards an entrepreneurial world because you fail in the one business, so who gives a shit? Who cares? Keep moving forward. What's the next thing that you want to do? Do you have to go back and save up your money? Hell, I had to move in twice back with my mom. I saved up money, went back out, did it again. Like, you're going to have failure. Failure's part of it. And by the way, if you don't have failure, it means you're not risking a lot. And if you don't risk, you're not going to have anything. There's a direct tr- correlation between risk and reward. So, we did how it. do you turn your side hustle into your Reality. business? Approach Reality. everything with all your heart. Don't mail it in because you never know your main thing might become your main thing. It did for me. I love that. My side hustle was music, and I became, you know, Something else. My side hustle was cannabis and became my life. 
Yeah. So you never know. My side hustle was talking, and here I am. Talking. <laughs> so maybe if you look at it, a side hustle is maybe what we really want to do and be. And we should concentrate on that more. Yeah. How you do anything is how you do everything. A wise man once said that to me yeah, earlier today. I heard that. With a beard and green eyes. I'm going to call him Bluebeard. Blue? Blue? Oh, because yeah, you have blue hair. You had blue hair. I'll do that. Do you still exactly. play drums? I would love to play. hear you play drums. No. Okay. Do you, what was your band called? There was a bunch. Give me a few. Can I Spotify it? Um, yeah. <laughs> Actually, I don't want to say because people will go pull up the videos and they'll see. Oh, my them. God. Say, please. No. I'm going to pull them up. Come on. No. Come on. All right. If you guys check out my Twitter, Backstreet I'll post Boys. it. I'll post it. I was in it. Backstreet Boys. I'll post some videos of Chris. Um, yeah. What else did we learn today, guys? Be a lifelong learner. Keep your eyes open. Always pay Listen. attention. Yep. Freedom or financial. I wrote that down. I love that. Do you want freedom or do you want financial stability? I want financial stability because it will give me the freedom that I'm looking for. There it is. I agree. It's good. Cool. All right, guys. Well, uh, make sure you go to businessoutlaws.com and make sure you check out at Big Mike, at Chris Bulldog Collins. On Instagram, yeah. I did it. And at Jamie Fox with a Y and two X's. This is Business Outlaws. Thank you guys for tuning in and we'll see you next time. Good job. All right. Great job.